Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? Glad to be in church. Uh, Before I get going today, I don't want to forget, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Can we give all the moms a big hand clap? Come on, like we mean it, like they're amazing. Happy, happy Mother's Day. And we had a packed out first service and had to, to bring in chairs and it was, it was a really, really good time. And, uh, but y'all, y'all are the ones who's got it right. Second service is where it's at. Come on, somebody, right? You sleep in? You, oh, you didn't sleep in? It's because you're a mom. It's just what happens. You never get to sleep in anymore. I don't know if you realize that when you decided to become a mom. I, I don't think there'd be as many moms if we knew if they knew what they were giving up. Like I'm giving up sleep for the rest of my life. Like it'll never come back, right? Oh man, we're so we're so glad that you're here. My name's Keith. I'm the campus pastor. Uh, especially if it's your first time with us, maybe you came with family today. We also want to welcome you here. So church, let's give all of our first time guests a big hand clap as well. <clears throat> so glad that you're here. Well, let's just jump right in. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not the best at coming up with a special service on special days, so I'm I'm just not going to. How about that? Is that all right? I'm just not going to. I'm just going to continue to talk about what we started last week. Um, Last week, I started a series on seasons. Come on, say seasons. Today, I want us to continue to talk around the idea of seasons. Why? Because God actually operates in our life in seasons. Amen. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Here we have arguably the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth, Solomon. He is the one who wrote this book. He is the one who put the wisdom in this book. Now, I'm not going to encourage you to go around and read in Ecclesiastes every single day, because if you did, you'd probably be a little bit sad and depressed. But it's a really good book to kind of get in there and, and, and understand. Like what I, what I love most about it is that you see Solomon just being real. You see him just, just he, he, was, he was a man who literally had everything that he wanted. He had all the money to make any decision that he wanted to make. Uh, he, he had all the things, he had all the land, he had, he had whatever he wanted to kind of, and, and I love what's, what's interesting about it is you see he uses all the things that God gifted him with to do what? To get more wisdom. First he asks for wisdom, and then he, walked, he, he, he goes through these things in life that he makes happen. Why? So he can get more wisdom to just to figure out what life is all about. And here we see in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we see him sharing, I believe, um, something that every believer needs to, to grab a hold of, this, this wisdom that is in God. And he begins to talk to us about how God operates in seasons. Look at verse 1. It says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pl- pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak up, 
a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, there is a season for everything. Let's say it one more time. Say, there is a season for everything. I think it's so imperative that as believers, as people who follow Jesus, we have to understand this truth, that God operates in seasons. That there is a time for everything. And, and, and here's what this means. If there is a time for everything, that also means there's not a time for everything. In other words, there's a time to do some things and there's a time not to do some things. God loves to operate in seasons. It's what he does. He operates in seasons in our life. He operates in seasons in the church. He operates literally in the physical world in seasons. I know you don't know that because we live in Lubbock, but he actually, there's four seasons. He operates in seasons. The way he does things in our life in season, when he comes into our life, he will, he will put us into a season, he'll take us out of that season, and he'll put us into another season. And guess what? There's a season between the taking out and putting in. It's called a season of transition. There's just seasons everywhere. Anybody want a season? He operates, he operates in seasons. Now, th- this is kind of a question that I, that I try to answer every time I preach and every time I write a message. And it's this, it's this question, why does this matter? Why does it matter? I hope when you come on Sunday, you get something out like it actually matters to your life. Like we don't just talk about something. And that, no, this, this matter. why does this matter? I think it matters for a lot of reasons. Number one, I think it matters because it gives us a framework for the way that God actually works. Here, here, here's how this can help you. If you are in a season that you don't like right now, really good news for you, it won't last forever. There will be another one. There will be a change that comes. There will be an, See, just even knowing that he works in seasons know, it helps us to, to understand the framework in which he works in our life. But maybe for our argument today and our, our message today, one of the reasons I believe seasons matter so much in the life of a believer and in our personal life is because when we understand God operates in seasons, we will spend our time on the things that matter and not on the things that don't. You know what many Christians are doing, trying to, trying to live their life right now? You know how they're trying to live it? They're trying to do every single thing they've learned since the beginning of time, every podcast they've listened to, every message they've heard, everything they've read in the Bible. They're just trying to walk through life thinking they've got to do all the things all at once at 100% and do a killer job doing it. How many have been in church for more than 10 years? Keep your hand up if it's more than 15, more than 20. You've heard a lot of messages. Let's just be honest. You don't remember any of them. <laughs> There's probably a handful that you can say you remember. But here's my point. You've learned so much. You've read the word. There's so much knowledge and truth that you have. How could we possibly think that we could do all of it all at once? And yet we do. Here's how I know. Because you'll li- you live your life feeling bad about the things that you're not doing. We walk through life, we'll be doing something, and we'll feel bad about all the things. Oh, some, something, you'll hear a message or you'll, you're, someone will say something. I need to slow down. I'm sorry. I'm just a million miles an hour right now. You will hear something, and you'll be like, oh, how did I, how did I not do that? How did I drop that ball? I, 
I was taught that, so I, I used to do that. Why? Let me, let me give you some really good news today. It's impossible for you to do everything all at once. We cannot balance our lives. You want to know why we can't balance our lives? Because God didn't design us to live that way. He designed us to live in seasons. He created us to live in seasons where he highlights the things that are most important. Where he highlights the things, say, hey, I want you to focus here. Hey, I want you to put this at the top of your list. Hey, you know, this is five or six on your list. It's time to move it to one, two, and three. It's time, why? Because this is the season that you're in. Man, I really wish we could, we could balance everything. I really wish we could balance our marriage and our family, our job, the job we want to have, our prayer life, our worship, our church life, our fitness, our eating. Ha I wish we could balance it all. But here's the thing. Life just isn't that easy, is it? And guess what life doesn't do? This actually it sounds simple, but it's actually revelatory. Life doesn't stay balanced. So why would we think that approach would work? Life doesn't, it doesn't stay balanced. If one thing gets heavier, there's a problem here. Your kids act up here. You lose your job here. You, what, what's happening? God works in seasons. Super encouraging, right? But this is how he operates. <clears throat> I think um, one of the, before we kind of go to where I want to go this morning, I just, I, I believe one of the, the byproducts of this message is that it should just relieve the pressure in your life. I want it to relieve the pressure. Take off that weight that thinks that you got to do it all. Let's just let that go. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Let it go. You can start singing it if you want to. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's an old bad joke. It's not even relevant anymore. What? <clears throat> so many of us, we just feel the pressure, the pressure of life. How am I going to do this with my kids? How I just got a new job opportunity, a new promotion. How am I going to do this? How am I going to balance everything? Good news, don't. Don't balance it. You know what's a better question to ask? God, what are you highlighting in this season? What do you want me to do in this season? And then here's the kicker. You start doing the thing he highlights, and then it's called faith. You trust him with the rest. Come on, you trust him with the rest. If he gave you that promotion and he knew it was going to bring more work, don't you think that he wanted you to do it and he was going to take care of the other things? He didn't bring promotion into your life. He doesn't bring promotion into our life. He doesn't just make us busy so we, so, so we he can kind of sit back and be like, told you you couldn't do it all. Isn't that cool? No, he gave it to you because, one, he wants you to depend on him and he wants you to trust him. He works in seasons. Now, here's a little addition to what I preached last week. Here's, here's another reason why this matters. Here's what happens when you learn to live in seasons. When you learn to live in seasons, you'll live in power. We say it this way. Don't, don't spread yourself too thin. See, when you try to do everything, you usually don't do a good job at anything. 
Oh, but when I operate in a season, guess what? I have power when I focus on my marriage. I have power when I focus on my family. I have power when it calls for a season of worship. I have power when it calls for a season of prayer and intimacy with the Lord. And guess what? We won't be so disappointed about how God moves because we've actually focused our power and fruit will come. That was free, by the way, this morning, all right? I mean, you can tithe if you want for it, but I was free this morning. I'm, that's a bad joke the pastor shouldn't make. Okay, um, y'all just need to lighten up. It ain't religious in here. All right. It's time for us to live in power. It's time for us to live free. And we can do that when we realize God operates in seasons. Now, to jump off where we want to go today. If God operates in seasons, then that means that change is coming. So if we know that God operates in seasons, we as believers have to get really good at change. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to title the message, Plowing to Preaching. Plowing to Preaching. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this time. We ask that you bless it, that you give us wisdom, understanding in your word. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we invite you here just to lead us. <clears throat> we invite you here, Holy Spirit, to guide us. We open up our heart, our soul, our mind. We say, Lord, that this word that we hear today, it's going to land on good soil. Good soil. Yeah, we just receive it by faith in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 19. If you want to go ahead and turn over there, you can. Um, by the way, you get a, a special gift today if you brought a real Bible to church. I'm not sure who's going to give it to you, but it's... God will bring you something. Turn to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to be in verses 19 through 21. Here we find a, a really cool story. It's a story of Elijah and Elisha. And it's the moment that Elisha kind of receives his call from the Lord. Um, it's uh, it's kind of interesting how Elijah does it. And that's what we're going to dive into today. Uh, but look at 1 Kings chapter 19. It says this, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were, there were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. I want you to think about this story. I want you to actually picture it in your head. I want you to see Elijah doing this. Elijah walks over to Elisha. Elisha is here plowing the field. Elijah walks over. He throws his cloak on him, and then he just walks off. Super awkward situation right here. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to cook a steak. And someone said, Amen. Amen. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate a nice medium rare ribeye. Sorry, that's just how I read this, this scripture, okay? Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. And you might be wondering, what does this story have to do with seasons? Why are we reading this story today? Or, I love this story because what we see in the story is God coming and changing Elisha's season. We get front row tickets to Elisha's season changing. 
here, what, what, what do we see in the story? We see Elisha, he is, he is plowing the field. He's farming. He's, he's, he's in this season of, of farming. Oh, but, but what happens? Elijah comes. He throws this cloak on him, which is, 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 a, is a call to ministry. And guess what Elisha does? He goes, in a, the, the moment that cloak hits his shoulder, what, what happens? Elisha goes from plowing to preaching. Elisha goes from plowing to prophesying. We get front row tickets. Here it is. The season officially changes. Anybody ever have a sudden change in seasons? Anybody ever felt a sudden, sudden change in seasons? I remember uh, when uh, me and Natalie, that's not true. I remember when Natalie had our first baby. <laughs> I had, I had a, a small part in it. It was fun, but I didn't do the, the hard part. And I will never forget when we're in the hospital and we have our two days and the doctors just come and they're like, all right, you guys can, you guys can go home. And I'm like, with him? You're just going to let me take him. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Are you sure this is okay? Is this how it works? I'm not real sure. I remember me and Natalie looking at each other like, I can't believe this is happening. Like we're taking our, like this is, this is real now. And we get him in the car seat and we load him in the back of the car and I got hand, my hands on 10 and 2, I'm, I'm, I'm sending a blinker signal 200 miles before I turn, right? I'm just driving like a grandma, you know, just like I can't see or something. And Natalie's in the back keeping the pacifier in. I mean, we are absolutely clueless. And then we get home and we stay clueless for about a year. But one, one I didn't know what was going on, but I did pick up on this. Our season has officially changed. The season has changed. God's a good God, though. He gave us fair warning. We got nine months to see the belly grow. We should have known something was coming, but nothing actually really prepares you, right? For that first one, it's like you just do the best you can, but it's sudden, sudden change. It's a new season. We have to operate differently. Spending time with God was completely different. Why? Because I fell asleep every time. Anybody ever done this before? You just have your first baby and you're like, all right, Lord, he's finally down, she's finally down, now it's just me and <laughs> I mean, it's immediate, just bed. I'm just, <laughs> I open my Bible, just, it don't work. <clears throat> the season changes. This is what we see in Elisha. His season changes immediately. You know, I, I think there's actually more to this story, and if I, and if I could kind of get a little bit spiritual for just a second. I, I, I think this is actually the, a, a great natural example of what actually happens to us in the spirit whenever he, God changes a season. Elijah, he walks over to Elisha, and he throws his cloak on Elisha. Now, I don't... Let me, let, me, let me finish that, that thought. He throws his cloak on him, and then he just walks off. He doesn't explain what cloak throwing is. <laughs> he doesn't say, I'm not sure if you know what, what this means. No. And, and you got to think about it. Elisha was a farmer. He wasn't into cloak throwing. He had nobody talking about cloak. He didn't even know what a cloak was. He knew what steak, oxen were. He didn't know what a cloak. And he just throws a cloak and just keeps on walking. 
this is actually what I believe it, it feels like in the spirit when God changes your season. It's as if he walks by and he throws a cloak on you and then he just keeps going. And all you know is this feels different. Something's changed. I feel different. I feel like I'm carrying something different. Or I feel like something fell off. Or so- there's something different. I don't know what it is. I can't put my, put my words to it. But I just feel different. And just like Elijah walked by and threw the cloak and left, God does the exact same thing with us. He will walk by. He will change our season. In fact, actually, he will give us an invitation to a new season. And then he'll just keep walking and see if you'll accept the invitation or not. And I love what we see in the, in the story next. You know what Elisha does? It says Elisha drops the plow. He stops. The, he leaves the oxen. And he runs after Elijah. He runs after Elijah. Hear me today. Notice what Elisha does. He runs after the one who changed his season. He doesn't run after the season. His first response to his season changing is to run after the one who actually changed the season in the first place. One of of the things that we have to learn is that when God changes our season, we need to run after him first. I see so many believers, um, they'll just, now this can happen and this can be a real thing, but they will just all of a sudden come on Sunday, like quit my job, quit my job. God told me to quit my job. And, and then I have, I have to act like that's a good idea. I was like, oh, yeah, good. Mm, awesome. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing now? You got, oh, I don't know, man, just God. Good start, good start. Love the faith. And there. In fact, you can even see in the story, there are times when this is like, hey, it's time for you to move on. That, that actually does happen. I would just say this. Just be really sure he said it. Because you have to understand God operates in seasons. So when he comes to you, he, he just threw this cloak on you. Now guess what your next step is. Don't jump right into that season. You need to run to the one who just said your season's changed and say, what do I do next? What do I do next? Elisha ran to Elijah and he was like, hey, he didn't even ask a good question. He was such a, hey, cloak thing. I think I know what it means now. Can I go kiss my mom and dad and tell them bye? And Elijah, the one who changed the season, has a direction and says, yeah, that's cool. Go back. An interesting statement. He says, yeah, go ahead and go back. Just think about what I did to you today. It's fine for you. Here's how you handle it. Here's your next step in the season. It changed. Now go do this. And then we don't even know if Elisha even does it. We just know he went back and he started breaking things down, killing oxen, and just cooking up stuff. Feeding the whole town. I don't know how many were there, but he was like, small town boy, I'm out. I'm with Elijah now. Peace. Seasons change, no longer a farmer. I'm going from plowing to preaching. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I love the story, though, because I think it's exactly what we need to do as believers when God comes and he changes our season. 
You want to respond the right way in, in, in the season? Run to him first. Because the season is actually an invitation. The cloak is an invitation. I was talking to a, a guy after service, first service today. I began to explain to him that when it, when it comes to seasons, I think God can actually just come and change our season. I think the majority of the time he invites us into new seasons. And we get to decide if we step into the season or not. And I've got really, really good news for you today. If you don't say yes, it's going to come back around anyway. Don't feel guilty today that you missed a season. I mean, I know I missed a season. Guess what? Summer's going to come around again. The, sea, the invitation will come, he will come back by because out of the mercy and the love and the grace that he has for you, he loves you so much, he'll give you another chance to say yes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is, this is his goodness. He will come and he will let you say yes. But a lot of times it's an invitation. Why? Because he wants you to pursue him. I'm going to give you three ways to respond in a new season today. Three ways to respond and the first one is the point that I'm making. Number one, pursue God for answers and strategies in the new season. You want to know how you respond in a new season? Pursue him for answers and strategies in the new season. Just be like Elisha. Run up and be like, Elijah, what's the plan? Can I do this? Should I do that? How do I, can I have a strategy? How do, how do I accomplish this thing you just brought me into? I remember in, in 2018, the Lord started to talk to me about transitioning out of uh, a church that I was in in Amarillo and actually joining Renew Life. And um, I'll just be honest with you, it came out of nowhere. Me and Natalie were in Amarillo. We were happy. Um, I, I was at the church. It was, it was going good. She was teaching. She was coaching. We had no talks, no plans of ever leaving, nothing. And then all of a sudden, uh, and it's kind of a little bit longer story, but it was like all of a sudden, the Lord just spoke, and he spoke these, um, I had to count in my head. He spoke these three words, <laughs> prepare to leave. He said, prepare to leave. And I was like, where am I going? <laughs> what do you mean, leave? We're, we're happy here, Amarillo, wind's great, no trees, fantastic. <laughs> it's just, well, why would I ever want to leave here? Prepare to leave. I began to talk to people. Braden being one of them, calling him, like, gosh, I feel like the Lord's saying this, like, because it was just, I, I did not see it coming. But I can tell you this one thing, I've never pursued God more than in that season. That season forced me into uh, th this pursuit of him, because guess what? I did not have another option. I knew he said it. Uh, I knew that he wanted me to do it. And I, and I, I needed to figure out what that actually meant. And me and Natalie, we'll still talk about it every once in a while. We, I had what I called Jeep time. You know what Jeep time was? I had a Jeep at the time. It was, that makes sense, right? Sorry. I didn't mean that to be funny. Jeep time. It was leave all the family in the house and go get in the Jeep in the garage because it's the only place you could possibly hear God at the moment. And I would go and get my Jeep and I'd crank up worship. I had to sit there and worship. And I was just in this place like, Lord, you've got you've to speak. You've got to talk. I need to know where I'm going. I need to know what I'm doing. And I, I look back on it now and realize, gosh, it, I made it such a big deal. But it was a big deal to me at the time. It was a shift in seasons. And here I was pursuing him, and he brought wisdom. He brought strategy. 
He brought the next step. See, when we pursue him, we get the answer. Now I've got to tell on myself a little bit. There's been times when he's shifted seasons and I haven't paid attention either. There's been times when the Lord said, hey, I need you to concentrate on this one kid. This, I, this season, I just need you to spend some time with him. And then three months later, I will look up and I have done nothing different. Anybody else want to admit their sin at church this morning? <laughs> Why do I say this? Because number two, you want to know how you respond in a new season? You need to be quick to obey and make a change. If you want to get what you want out of the season, you need to be quick to obey and quick to change. Here's the truth. The reason I woke up, uh, woke up three months later and didn't do anything is because I just didn't value his word that day. I didn't really put the value that it deserved on, on, on what he was actually saying. And therefore, th we just got to be honest. There was something I missed. Can he restore it? Can he redeem it? Absolutely, he can. But I've, rec I've, I've, I've been okay with recognizing the fact that I missed it there. There was something that he had for me that I, I said yes to, but I didn't obey. I didn't change. I didn't put a plan together. I didn't go after, I didn't run after him like Elisha ran after Elijah. Hey, what do I do next? I was just like, yeah, worship, season of worship. Yeah, God, high five. Let's do it. Worship. Season of prayer. I'm going to pray. I am going to, I'm going to slay prayer. Six months later, bro, you prayed less than you were praying before you got the word. What are you doing? You see, we have to pursue him. We have to be ready. We have to be ready to obey, quick to obey. I, uh, we're, we, we are, <clears throat> me and Natalie are working on this with our two-year-old little girl right now, this whole quick to obey thing. She's obeying. She's just not obeying quickly. She's smart enough now where she understands. See, see <clears throat> when, I'm, when I'm in this position, she's not obeying. But as soon as I get to this position and I start walking over to the drawer that makes kids obey and I start to pull it out, she starts obeying so fast. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, sir, yes, sir. Say yes, sir, say yes, sir. All I got to do is just start walking. Yes, sir, dad. Oh, no, no, too late. <laughs> but what I want to see in my own kid is I want to see them obey quickly. Why? Greater purpose. Because I want when the Father of heaven speaks to them, they obey quickly. They obey quickly. See, when we, 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 we will forget if we don't obey quickly. Then number three, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. I'm, if, if the Lord comes and he speaks, I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to be ready to change quickly. And then I'm going to be intentional about the change. And I'm going to get really, really practical for, uh, on you for just a second. <clears throat> there's a, a book called Atomic Habits. And there's this quote that is just quite honestly changed my life in the last couple of months. And he says this, he says, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. 
We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our plan. We all have good intentions. All of us. When God speaks, new, new season, I want, you, I want intimacy. It's, I want to spend more time with you. We, we do. We respond with like, yes, God. I say yes to that. And we have this amazing goal, but we, won't, we don't get intentional about the plan. We don't run to him and say, what's the strategy? What will I do? How will I do it? Where will I do it? God, what do you have for me? And we just honestly, like, we just kind of let a season happen. I'm not preaching to anybody today. You might know what I'm talking about. See, we have to be quick to change. We have to be ready to change. Here, here's what this means to me in the natural. If God works in seasons and seasons change, then that means I have to learn how to develop new habits in new seasons. Did that make any sense? If it's a new season, I need a new habit. Why? Because I already have a habit of this priority being number one. Now I need to develop a new one where I bring this seasonal change in this priority up to number one. I gotta be really good at new habits. I gotta be really good at being intentional. You know, if you go on in this book, it talks about habits and it, it says if you will do these three things, this is worth writing down, by the way. If you'll do these three things, you have a 92% chance of creating a habit. You ready? Number one, decide what you're going to do. Two, when you're going to do it. And three, where you're going to do it. Decide what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and where you're going to do it. And all of a sudden, your chances go from 0.003% to 92. I made up the first one, by the way. <clears throat> See, if God says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving you into a season of worship. I want our time to be together. I want you to worship. It's not enough for you to have a goal in the new season to worship more. I'm going to worship more. That will not get you anywhere. You know what you decide? I'm going to worship to the new Bethel album on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays in my car on the way to work. Now, I, I bet you'll start to worship. Choose what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, where you're going to do it. Lord, you're calling me into spending more time with you. Decide, okay, what, what does that look like? Oh, you want, you want to pray more? This is something I've been doing, I've been sharing with you. All right, that means on these days, I'm going to get up at 6.30, 6.45, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my clothes on and I'm going to walk outside and I'm going to walk to our park and I'm going to walk and pray for 15 or 20 minutes. I'm going to walk and pray until I get around that corner and get all the way back to my house and then I'll be done. It's so funny, even, even as I've been doing that over the past couple of months, I get to this, this place in the park and I'll, I'll make this turn and start going home and that's, that's, that's like my declaration turn. I'm praying, praying, praying. As soon as I make that turn, it's time to declare. When you lay hands on the sick, they recover. When you speak, truth comes out and it changes people's life. You're, you, you are uh, an encounter waiting to happen. I begin to declare over my life the things that he has said about me. How did all that happen? It happened because I was intentional in my season that I believe he was taking me into. What are you going to do? When are you going to do it? And where are you going to do it? I just want to ask you today, what season do you find yourself in? 
Here's another question. Are you good with change? Do you like change? Most people don't like change. God does. God, God does. God changes things. Not sure if you if you figure that out. He's in the business of changing things. This real quick testimony. If he's changed your life, raise your hand. He changes things. If he's changed a family member in your in your family, he's changed your life. Raise your hand. If he's changed your financial situation, would you raise your hand? Wherever God shows up, he changes things. Oh, and guess guess which direction he goes in for the better. He changes it for the better. Things don't get worse with God. I think like two people believe me right there. I I feel like that's a good amener right there. God changes things for the better. That's what he does. What season are you in? Maybe a better question. What has God told you to do next? What's he saying? What's he saying right now? What's the next thing for you to do? I got, it's kind of a disclaimer here and I'm going to close right here. You know that we don't always have to figure out what season that we're in. We just have to say yes to the next thing. I don't need you hearing this message in this series and going around being like, what season is it, God? What season am I in? Lord, season, what is it? No. Ask him. He may speak, but if not, what's the next thing? What's that thing that you've told me to do, God? Take the flipping pressure off. What's number one? What do I need to focus on? And then just run to him. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.